0: I cannot wait for you to meet Marcellus Reynolds, author of Supreme Actresses, Iconic Black Women Who Revolutionized Hollywood. Supreme Actresses is the first book I featured on I'd Rather Be Reading that is an art book, or in my verbiage, a coffee table book, filled with stunningly gorgeous photos of women from Halle Berry to Angela Bassett to Kerry Washington and a foreword by the amazing Gabrielle Union. Marcellus is an actor and entertainment reporter and a television host that has appeared everywhere from Access Hollywood to E! Live from the Red Carpet to Bold and the Beautiful, my favorite soap opera. Recently, Marcellus has written two books, the latter of which is Supreme Actresses. The first, Supreme Models, Iconic Black Women Who Revolutionized Fashion, made a huge splash and per our conversation, which you'll hear in a second, might be getting a third Supreme book sooner than we think. We can only be so lucky. Here's our conversation. Marcellus Reynolds' supreme actresses, iconic Black women who revolutionized Hollywood, is filled with inspiring interviews with trailblazing Black women, truly breathtaking photos, and moments that made history. This beautiful coffee table book is just as powerful with its words as it is with its photos. Welcome to the show.
1: (laughs) Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm so, so excited glad you're to be here. here.
0: We were bo- we were bonding offline a moment ago and I said, "Wait a second, hold the hold the juice, hold the good stuff for when we start recording. So what were you about to say?"
1: You said something really beautiful to me that I completely appreciate. You're like every black actress that's ever done blah blah blah, you went into this beautiful thing about how many amazing actresses are in the book and there are so many amazing so actresses many. in the book. But what I do with each book is I leave space. I purposely leave people out so that there is space for discussion about who made the book and who didn't make the book, but also just in case there's a volume two of Supreme Models, Iconic Black Women Who Revolutionized Fashion, which was my first book.
0: Uh And
1: even for Supreme Actresses, there's space for the books to grow and to morph into Volume two, Volume three. So I did there leave some people out two. on purpose. There okay. could definitely be a Volume two, and I want Abrams to step up to the plate and do a Volume two. <laughs> Abrams, step up to the plate. Look, so, so I'm just gonna. Okay,
0: we're gonna we're gonna go back to Supreme Models in a second, but I, let's just let's just go there. Can we expect a third Supreme book? Supreme musicians, maybe? Supreme singers, something okay. of that nature.
1: I have to. I, I haven't. I. I do have an idea for a third book, and I also have an idea for a fourth book. But I can't pay attention to those books just yet because uh-huh. we're doing a documentary based on the first book on Supreme I read Models, that. and that's in I've pre-production that. now. So I read uh, that. Yes, I oh, want to do a third book. Abrams wants me to do a third book. I have an idea that I'm not going to share publicly. No, don't share. Um, but yes, but I have to like, but you know, we're in pre-production on the documentary and then and Supreme Actresses is it just, has not even been out, a, well, yeah, it's been out a month. It has been yeah, out a month, it's and it's, so a it's month. a baby. So I, like, so I can't start thinking about book three, but you know what happened with book, with the first book is right as I was dotting the last I and crossing the last T, I came up with the idea for the second book and that happened again with the second book with an idea for the third book. So I do have an idea.
0: Oh, I cannot wait. we'll have to have you, we'll have to have you back on the show for the third book whenever that comes out, but um, so let's, let's rewind for a moment, so Supreme Actresses, as you have just said, is your second book, after 2019 Supreme Models, Iconic Black Women Who Revolutionized Fashion, which was the first ever art book celebrating top Black Models, go you, so back up to pre-writing Supreme Models, what gave you the idea for that book?
1: Um, actually, a book came out. Now I collect art books, and I collect books on, and those are books on photography, on fashion, on models, on designers, on architectures. So when you were at my apartment, in any of my apartments, as as far as far back as I can remember, when I started renting my own apartments, there was always stacks of books like everywhere, and wow. I use those books as a stylist for inspiration, right? Mm-hmm. And so a new book came out. It was called um, "It was called Vogue Model, The Faces of Fashion. And it was the British Vogue book. And it came out in 2011. So I ordered that book. It was super expensive. It was big and oversized. And it was just this, you know, full color follows this glorious, beautiful book with a, a picture of Kate Moss on the cover. I ordered it and I read it from cover to cover immediately. When I got through it, it dawned on me that there were only two Black models in it. It was Iman and Naomi Campbell. And I mean, I went back and I looked at the table of contents just to make sure that I wasn't crazy. Because there was no way that a book on fashion models that had over a hundred models in it could have only included two models of color. And it was Naomi Campbell and it was Iman. And it was actually a very bad photo of Iman. Mm. And I couldn't believe it. So I was so enraged that I actually went to Amazon and I did a review of the book. And if you go to that book today, that, that review is still there. And I gave it one star because you couldn't give it zero stars. Oh, wow. And I said, why? I listed why. And I was like, where is where is Veronica Webb, the first Black model to receive a cosmetics contract? Where is Beverly Johnson, the first Beverly Black model Johnson. on the cover yeah. of, of American Vogue? Where is Doniel Luna? The first black model on the cover of any vogue who was on the cover of British Vogue eight years before Beverly Johnson was on the cover of American Vogue. You put the British Vogue put the first black model ever on the cover of any Vogue, and you didn't put her in a book that celebrates British Vogue. Yes. Yes. That's I was like, where is it was unacceptable. I was like, where is Alec Weck? Where is Aaliyah Kabedi? Because this was like 2011. At that time, there was like a ton of models that had made an impact. So you know what I did? Literally, I took out a a legal pad, I took out a pencil, and off the top of my head, I started writing down the names of Black models. Mm -hmm. And I had easily, let's say, somewhere between 50 and 70 models from the top of my head that were models that were Black models. And I was like, there's enough models that made an impact on fashion that I could write a book. I went back to Amazon. I looked around to see if there were like, Naomi had books, had multiple books. Tyra had books. Veronica Webb had done a book that was essays of her work as a writer. Um, A a really um, beautiful woman named Barbara Sumners had done a book that was similar to my book, but it wasn't an art book. It wasn't oversized. It wasn't full bleed photography photographs of the photography from the greatest photographers that ever lived it wasn't um it wasn't um um it was like it was like a novel almost that had that had some photos in it but they weren't full color they weren't full bleed they weren't the level I wanted to do a tabletop book I wanted to do an art book that was similar to the Tom Ford book or Mm -hmm. similar to the book that inspired me or similar to uh a Kelly Wurstler book or similar to, you know, there's a book called Naomi that came out from Universe that I loved. Like I wanted to do that full bleed, the greatest photographers of all time. And there weren't, there wasn't a book that was like that. There was a Black men's book that was just, that was all Black men. And there were a lot of models in that, that book. And I actually was in that book So there was a book that was similar, but it was black men and there were actors and rappers and singers and sports figures as well as models. But there was none that was devoted exclusively to black models. And that was where the idea coalesced in that moment. I
0: respect respect you so much because a lot of us would probably have written that one star review on Amazon and then never done anything about it, but you did something about it. And that is why you're special. And so then here comes book number two, Supreme Actresses, which came out in October of this year. And you write in the introduction to Supreme Actresses, this question, how can we honor historic black actresses while celebrating contemporary actresses and looking forward to a hopeful future? Well, you did it, you did that in this book. Was that difficult to do, to marry those two?
1: No, honestly, it wasn't because I really, Oh my God. I, I I could make this like super deep and I could talk about my ancestors and I could talk about my grandmother and my great grandmother, my it. great-great-grandmother. I believe that I believe that history and your ancestry reverberates through time and they speak to you, right? So all the dreams of my family past run through my veins. Right. Mm-hmm. So when I think about these books, I think about the women that were doing it. The books start in the the first book. Well, not the first book. Supreme Actresses starts in like the 1890s with the with like let's say the birth of of Josephine Baker, Ethel yep. Waters, and even Hattie McDaniel. Right. Yep. So and then their dreams, their desires, their wants. It it sort of reverberates through time. Right. And, and, and the actresses that are doing it now are, are the, are, are what those women dreamed of back then. They dreamed of a world where they were defined not by their color. They were defined by their talent. And they dreamed of a land where there was opportunity for them to do whatever they dreamed of and whatever they wanted. And that's the same thing that that reverberates, and 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 that's the same blood, and those are the same ideas, and those are the same dreams and desires and wants that travel through my existence. I'm my grandmother's dream. I'm my great grandmother's dream. I'm the dream of of all of my ancestors before me. So mm-hmm. for me, in order to tell the story of the contemporary actress, I had to tell the story of her predecessor.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it does. You don't get. Uh, a modern day actress without knowing how I mean it it didn't just happen you know there there are there's so much history in this book and I think that's why I love it even more is that it it builds on on itself you know it's it's a narrative
1: it's it's a narrative it builds on itself okay so when you look at the okay so you have the trailblazer section and then you have Gabrielle's beautiful forward and then you have my introduction yes
0: Gabrielle Union wrote the forward listeners beautiful forward
1: Beautiful forwards speaks to power. It's like amazing. Then we get into the trailblazers. And then after the trailblazers, that's the body of the book, right? Then you get into the Supremes. And I didn't do the trailblazers like a normal book might have where I put the legends and the, you know, the, um, the, 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 the actresses that passed that have died in the trailblazer section. I put them right beside the actresses that are their contemporaries. So yeah. the book opens with a gorgeous photo of Josephine Baker, and then an essay I wrote about Josephine Baker and her impact on acting. And then the next actress is actually Angela Bassett. And you yep. see how Josephine opened the door for Angela. And then I think maybe the next actress is um, is is uh, I don't know who the next actress I is, but it may be
0: I have it right here. Hold on.
1: Maybe Garcelle Bouvet. Right?
0: Uh, and, and it is no, I gotta switch to the Supreme section. You can talk and I'll tell you. Yeah, it's, it is Garcelle Bouvet. You're right.
1: It, but and then you saw, and then you've got this beautiful um int- you got this beautiful inter- interview with Garcelle Bouvet where she talks about the history of Hollywood and the black women that walked before her and the women are coming that, that she's working with now that are coming after her. And yep. so I wanted that sort of thread where you get the start of black acting, which is an actress like Josephine Baker. And then you get like the, the one of the most acclaimed actresses of our lifetime that's still doing it right now, mm-hmm. who is Angela Bassett. And then you get another beautiful black actress who's doing it right now. And that's Joseph, and that's Garcelle Bouvet. And then maybe like further on there's Zazie Beetz, who's an incredible right after young Garcelle actress. is And then it's
0: Halle Berry. And then it's Halle, yeah.
1: Berry. So it's and then just, it's Halle Berry. Yeah. Yeah. It's the history. It's one woman opening the door for the next woman and all of their successes make it easier for the next woman. And then hopefully that next woman learns from the journey of the woman before her Yes, and Uh, maybe doesn't make the same mistakes, you know, or maybe picks up the mantle of that person and moves forward.
0: That's why these books do so well is because it's so well thought out and it's so intentional. And I just opened to this photo of Garcelle Bouvet and oh my gosh, like, I mean, I've read this book cover to cover, but I mean, I could look at it a hundred times and get new, you know, inspiration from, from each photo. And this first photo of Garcelle Bouvet is one of the most stunning photos I've ever seen. How beautiful is that? It's, Um,
1: it's one of my favorite photos in the book. It's one of, and, and, and at the core of these books are art books, right? So all the photos have to be beautiful, but they also have to represent what the actress um, sort of means and who she is and a bit of her essence. And what I love about Garcelle Bouvet is during, the, I'm gonna tell you this bit of gossip if I may.
0: Oh, okay, sure.
1: So I got to interview Garcelle because we know each other socially after all the time that I've spent in Hollywood. Right. And one of the first things that Garcelle said to me during her interview is, well, you know, I should have been in the Supreme Models book. And she's absolutely right. Cause she was on the list of models that I was toying with putting in the Supreme Models book but she didn't have the, you know there was a very sort of stringent like rule that was in place for who went into the supreme models but you had to have worked for the one of the one of the greatest mag five of the greatest magazines in the world and you had to have worked for like five of the greatest designers in the world you know and th- those were self-imposed rules right I but have- i wanted to be able to say and Garcel had a great model career she made a ton of money but she wasn't like a vogue girl, let's say. But she was absolutely right. She was on that list and and at certain points, I would put her in and then I would take her out. And again, like we said at the beginning of the conversation, I keep certain people out of the book. I I put certain people in the book because I wanted to start that conversation because I wanted to start that discourse about who made it and how and why and yada yada. And it leaves space. For book two, so if I do Supreme Models two, Garcelle will definitely be in Supreme Models (laughs) two.
0: Put her in Supreme (laughs) Models two, and you say there's no iconic black actresses missing from Supreme actresses. I don't, I can't think of one. So, which interview surprised you the most, or which essay, which piece in the book surprised you the most?
1: Okay, wait. Can I let me answer? Let me just say two. Let me say. Let me say. Let me say three people that I would have put in the book. Okay. I am a huge fan of Tessa Thompson. I'm actually watching Thor Ragnarok right now in the background. It's on without the the, the volume on. I'm a huge fan of Tessa Thompson and I desperately wanted to put her in Supreme Actresses because she is, not only is she African-American, but she's also Afro-Latina. And I love this idea of mixed heritage. And so I wanted to put her in the book and at certain points she had said yes and then she had asked about who who could who had done interviews and she declined to be in the book because we ran out of time and space to put her in the book when she finally said yes to do an interview so mm. again there's space for her to do volume there's space for her to do volume two but then there's a couple of actresses from the 90s like Leela Rochon um, uh, yeah Tish- Tisha Campbell, and Tashina Arnold, who I thought about putting and in, including in the book, and then ultimately I didn't because I was heavy on women from the 90s, like Halle Berry, Regina King, um, Vivica Fox. Yeah, you know you have like a lot a, of
0: 90s actresses in
1: here. i got a lot of 90s actresses in, in here, because that's almost...
0: Cause I'm a child. Me too. So. <laughs> that's my um, that's and that's my also the black that's,
1: so. <laughs> that's also a black renaissance in television where you could turn on the television and see so many black shows or so many shows that had prominent black characters. And so I thought it was very important. Even Garcelle falls into that neighborhood. So yep. I thought it was very important to put those women in the book, but then I didn't want it to be too heavy on those women because there were other eras where I really had to like search and find women. Okay. So now ask me the second question.
0: Yes. The second, so which interview or which essay, which piece surprised you the most?
1: Oh, it's so, okay. Tiffany Haddish bar none.
0: Yeah. Okay. I went I in, that you know, Tiffany Haddish
1: Why that? is, D- Tiffany Haddish is this like world-renowned Comedian and known for like, you know, her 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 shtick, right? And so right. I went into the Tiffany Haddish interview thinking that it was going to be funny and it was going to be light. Five questions in, Tiffany Haddish and I are both balling. Yeah. And when I yeah, say balling, right I mean there is a, a, a place in that interview. Where we were both crying so hard when you listen back to the interview because I record all the interviews, you can't hear anything. It's those cry, it's that it's that muffle where people are crying and the words are it, like you can't understand what they're saying. And we're both doing it because we had similar background stories where we where uh, we had daddy issues, and so i'm, you I'm know, in you, that
0: club too we're all in the
1: club together. we're all in the club together right and that's what's so beautiful about this book you think these women are famous and they're beautiful and they're rich and blah 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 but we all have pain right we all have to go through a, a test to to have a testimonial oh, and so yes. Yes. right <laughs> my mother used to say that all the time you can't have a testimonial without a test
0: or you can't and, have a message without a mess first
1: right Exactly. I love that, by the way. I might use that at some point. I um, use
0: both in tandem with each other. No testimony without a test, no message without a mess.
1: Beautiful. Um, so Tiffany really shocked me with her candor. She really shocked me that she was so um, um, willing to share her pain and her truth. And I think what's written on those pages are really beautiful. I think that's one of the most beautiful interviews in the book because she was so, so um, emotionally aware and so readily able and willing to share that. In the and interview, I feel like that's literally a
0: gift. say, "Don't make me cry." In the in the interview, <laughs> can, we just, can we just talk about the Tiffany Haddish? Because you've got Tiffany one, two, three, four, five uh, in this red dress, right? Oh my gosh, this gorgeous red dress! It just looks incredible on okay. her. And then you've got the interview, and then you've got her in a, some kind of a field with an in and out cup. It's
1: just yes, <laughs>
0: it's just the whole package is is amazing.
1: Because I see Tiffany as this beautiful actress that's able to give you beauty and could be a dramatic actress and a star in her own right, even though right now she's a comedian. And 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 what we know about comedians is that it takes this, like, you have to be smart to be funny. You know what I mean? Oh, totally. And so I think she's the whole package. So I love that very dramatic photo montage of her in that beautiful red dress, which is a way we're not... We we don't normally see her, and then the second photo is like what we're used to her seeing right. seeing of her in the boots with the in and out, the boots. Cuff, yeah. being funny in the rubber in the wellies, right? Like being yep. funny. So you got that 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 dichotomy, and I love <clears throat> that photo montage of her so much. And what's really important about that photo montage is, um, even though other actresses have double photos in the book. That photo is one of my favorites because it's shot by a Black gay photographer.
0: Oh, I love it. No, the, I mean, gosh, look, at she, that color is just everything. Oh, my gosh. Um, I can't
1: even tell you how hard I had to work to clear that photo because I was the photo editor for this book. So not only did I choose each photo that went into the book, I actually had to then track down the photographer, track down the publication, find out if I could, if I could clear it, blah, blah, blah. And that photo, that photographer now lives in like Bali and isn't like a photographer anymore. Oh, like, wow. and so I had to find him. And then it's like, I was trying to find a phone number for him, but he lives in Bali. So it was only email and he doesn't check his email. He checks his email like once a month. But I was so set that I had to have that photo, that montage of her, the same, uh, you know, that series, her in the same red dress, you know, that it it, I just off. felt like it was so important. It paid off brilliantly. It paid
0: off. This is such a passion project for you, and I love seeing people in their passion. Now I have to ask you: both of your books so far have focused on women. Um, you yourself are a black man in show business. Why write about only women and not trailblazing men too?
1: You know, I think there's a men's book in my in my in my future, definitely. It's something, it's it's something that people want. It's something that people have said, you know, I want to see you've done this with women so beautifully. Let's see what you do with men. But, you know, I was the little black boy, the little black gay kid on the south side of Chicago who never met his father. Mm -hmm. The women that I loved that protected me were my mother and my grandmother. I have this reverence for the black woman that that I, I mean. I I just love them. So I think first you write about what you know. Yes. And I know a black woman. I know what she goes through. I, you know, I watched my mother, you know, single mother with three kids. Sometimes we were on welfare. Sometimes we were, we were middle class. I watched her, you know, go back to school and, 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 and become a nurse because you know, being unemployed or being on welfare wasn't working for her. Like I watched the struggles that my grandmother went through holding together her family, you know, uh, as the, the matriarch, the Don yen of, of our family. And, 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 and I saw not just the beauty of their physical beauty, but I saw the beauty of their lives and their struggle. And so that's why I've written these books that celebrate Black women, because they were my first love.
0: I love that so much that's and and the passion shines through and I want to I want to add this in here. I love how you chose not just film stars but also television and theater stars as well because sometimes they don't get their due and you give television and theater stars their due in here as well and
1: I, I just wanted to say I appreciate that. Well you know I'm at the end of the day I'm like the black gay guy I love theater I love plays <laughs> I love musical theater you know. And there's so much interplay, uh, often between, you know, between actresses, like if you're a triple threat like that. And so like somebody like Shirley Ralph, who was mm-hmm. the very first Dina in Dreamgirls on Broadway yep. back in like the, like what, late 70s, early 80s. And that yep. play was a phenomenon and it changed the game for Black plays on Broadway. It really showed that if you build it, they will come, right? And, and... And I love Shirley Ralph, but I also grew up, I also know her from the 90s. Well, I was grown in the 90s, but I also watched her be Moesha's mother, Brandy's mother. You yep. know what I mean? Yep. Shirley Ralph is like everything. And I've also been in a room where I've heard her sing in real life. She is everything. Yes. And so... You can't talk about Shirley Ralph the TV star without talking about Shirley Ralph the Broadway star. And sure. she's also, you know, a movie star. She was the love interest in, in The Mighty Quinn, one of Denzel's first, you know, roles, starring roles. So, like an actress like that has had a prolific career that has impacted not just Broadway but television and and theater and she and and movies and she continues to keep going and anika noni rose you know who won a tony for carolina change you know and of course audra mcdonald the most awarded black actress in broadway history probably one of the most awarded actresses bar none in broadway history is a force of nature and so you know you have to give them we're talking about entertainment total so you have to give them their flowers. You have to give them their laurels. You yeah. know,
0: absolutely. So, speaking of Dream Girls, I love how there are three parts to the book called "The Moment." One focuses on Dream Girls, specifically the character of Effie White, which was played by Jennifer Holliday and then Jennifer Hudson, of course. Uh, one focuses on Hattie McDaniel in the nineteen forty Academy Awards, and the third focuses on the 1973 Academy Awards where Diana Ross and Cecily Tyson were nominated. So what about these three moments resonated with you and how did they change history for those that might not know as well
1: as you do? They were moments that changed history. They were tangible moments that moved the Black actress forward. When Hattie McDaniel was nominated for the Oscar, that was such a big moment. And what was so crazy about that moment was that role was so polarizing. Did you know that the NAACP like um, hated that movie and hated that performance and hated that role? And they actually went to Hattie McDaniel and they asked her to stop being the Mammy character, stop taking those roles because they found those roles demeaning as did most Black people. Black people hate Gone with the Wind. They hate the depiction of the happy slave. They hate the depiction of the Mammy character. They hate the Butterfly McQueen character. So that was such a big moment because you've got this actress that's like at the 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 one of the ultimate moments of her career that's being derided by the people of her race while she's being celebrated by white people her peers wow and so i really wanted to talk about that character because still that character and that depiction of black women and of slavery in the united states is so i mean we're talking about critical race theory now and not teaching it in school yet you have movies like uh, you know, uh, Gone with the Wind, that are part of the National Movie Register, right? Or, 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 or always turn up on the 100 greatest movies of all time list. Right. And so there are these three moments to me being like sort of this, uh, I, I, I want to call myself a film historian, um, that, really, that really moved the Black actress as a entity forward. That moment, Hattie winning the Oscars, I thought was incredibly powerful. Her not being able to sit with her co stars, Clark Gable and Vivian Lee, and and being segregated, even though they knew, and back then you knew you won the Oscar. So even though they knew she won the Oscar, she wasn't allowed to sit at her co stars because she was at a hotel, the Oscar ceremony was at at a segregated hotel. Oh, and wow. she still handled that situation with so much grace and dignity. And wow. I just love that whole story. And then, of course, Dreamgirls and the Effie White character is sort of mythic. But I wanted to talk about Dreamgirls, the play, and how that changed the face of Broadway and how those those that, that whole incredibly talented cast, but specifically Shirley Ralph and Jennifer Holiday, really changed the face of Broadway and changed... How we, you know, it's one of the it was one of the most nominated plays of in Broadway history at its time. And and who doesn't remember the song? And I'm telling you from, you know, from that moment. But also what's really interesting about the casting of that play is how many successful black actresses at the start of their careers came through that play. Mm -hmm. At one point, Jennifer Lewis from Blackish was effie white. You know, at one point, um, um, Shirley Ralph's understudy for her entire run was Felicia Rashad from The Cosby Show. Wow. Who is a national treasure. You know, there's so many interesting things about that play. And then when you talk about how big that play was, of course it was gonna be adapted into a movie. And then the movie turns out to be like this, one of the you know uh, most awarded, highest selling, uh, most successful movies of all time. And the casting of that movie, there's so much, you know, at one point Whitney wanted to be um, Dina Jones, but she wanted to sing the Effie White songs. Like how crazy is that? Whitney Houston (laughs) was like- That's not how it works. That's not how it works. Whitney, either you gain a bunch of weight and you be Effie White, or you be Dina Jones and just sing the Dina Jones song, but not if you're Whitney Houston, one of the greatest voices of all time, you gotta (laughs) sing the big songs. And who doesn't wanna hear Whitney Houston sing And I Am Telling You, you know? Yeah, I mean, I would have given anything, right? Anything, anything. And then, you know, it finally happens, then it becomes this multiple Oscar award winner, and then they find a newcomer. You know, like fifth place on American Idol, she's the person that that gets one of them.
0: I ask myself that all the time. How did she not win American Idol? I'll never understand. But she had she had greater aspirations in her future.
1: And you know what? If you think about it, think about really the winners of American Idol. There's very okay. few that really have broken through and have become superstars. Very I don't few. think the person that wins American Idol becomes the star. I think it's the also-ran, right? Yeah. You yeah, know
0: the chance to open the door, but um, they have like like Jennifer has Hudson, for example. She she had more to do than just be an American Idol. I mean, my gosh, look at her. She's her career is incredible.
1: Her career is incredible, and 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 it just doesn't. An American Idol. We're not bashing American Idol, but it doesn't no, produce no, stars all. like that. You know what I mean? Right, and so right. I think if she had one, I don't know if she had, would have been given the opportunity to go. Uh, to go as far as she's actually gone.
0: And there's you know? a lot of lessons. Sometimes it's the beautiful no. Sometimes it's the no is a launch pad to a greater yes. Not just in we, you know, Hollywood, but in life.
1: Please say that again, because that is what is at the crux of this book. Yeah. It's not just the book that's about the success. It's a book that's about the failure. It's a book that's about the heartbreak because ultimately it's about the determination and the will and the force of will that makes you get up when you've been knocked down and keep going. I think one of the saddest Hollywood stories ever has to be Dorothy Dandridge oh, yeah, and how young she was when she died and how, how high she flew. She's like a black female Icarus she was so close to touching the, the sun and she was slammed back to the ground so many times that she kept getting back up and finding the fortitude to keep going.
0: Yeah. Uh, this, like, this book is one of those where you could just set it on the coffee table, open it to any page and you have a conversation starter. Right there, it is so important that we celebrate black actresses and their impact on Hollywood, and you have done this my new friend in this book, and you know as as we wrap up i've got to know what do you hope readers take away from supreme actresses because I learned so much. I'm a pop culture junkie. This book is not only a beautiful, a book full of beautiful photos. You got that. Check, check, check. But it's got history. It's got stories of failure and it's got stories of success. It's got, it's such a full picture of this topic and it's one that should be written about so much more because it's so powerful. So what do you hope readers take which listeners you've got to grab a copy of supreme actresses what do you hope readers take away from the book
1: at its core the book is a it's an art book it's a photography book so i couldn't go as deeply as i wanted to in the book, right? I couldn't I, I couldn't interview everybody I wanted to interview because the more interviews that are in the book, the less photos that could be in the book. I couldn't deep dive into the lives of each actress because that's not what it is. It's this beautiful art book, this beautiful photography book. I hope that this book is the starting point for people to actually actively go out and learn something about the women that are included inside. So if there's somebody that you see that, that piques your curiosity, learn something about them. Uh, read a biography that was written a- exclusively about them. Maybe there's an autobiography, you know what I mean? Really learn something about, uh, about the women included because I don't want any of these women to be lost to history. Amen. I don't want them, I don't want a, a wonderful actress like B. Richards, who I mentioned in the trailblazer section, who did so much to be lost to history, or Olivia Cole, or, you know, the names that we, or Gail Fisher, the names that we don't hear all the time. So I hope it's just the start of, like you said, a conversation, and I hope that that conversation leads to knowledge and leads to acknowledgement.
0: Well, it's one of the best books I've read this year. Thank you for this gift. And thank you for your time today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. And thank you so much for loving the book. And thank you so much for reaching out to me and wanting to to speak to me.
0: My honor, truly. I personally cannot wait to catch the Supreme Models docuseries, which is set to premiere next fall. A friendly reminder to let me know what you're reading at hello, I'd rather be reading at gmail.com and follow, rate, and review our show. Next up on the show is my next throwback episode where I take one of my favorite books from my bookshelf and unpack it. This time I've picked 2006's The Joys of Much Too Much by Bonnie Fuller, one of my inspirations, and the former editor in chief of Glamour, Cosmopolitan, Mary Claire, and more. Talk soon.